morning. I got a little emotional watching that video. Um, it was the uh, first time I saw that. It was at our commissioning service back in, in June. <laughs> and it's awesome to be know we're part of an organization that is making a global impact all across the world. And it's awesome to be in front of a church that has such a mission-minded congregation. And to be here today with Brother Wiggins and Dave Tolan, who have been on the field, um, it's a privilege. Pastor Mike, who's led teams, um, and you guys have sent many teams all over. And so uh, it's just a blessing to be here today. And thank you for allowing us to come. Um, I'm Trevor Lawrence today, the backup quarterback. <laughs> Not quite as good looking, but here, you are, here I am. Um, but it's a privilege to be here today. We're very excited about where we are. As Pastor Mike said, we are um, about $450 short of our On Our Faith promise to get to the field. Um, and so we'll share a little more about that later on in the service, but um, uh, here we are. I'm just going to introduce our family real quick. We've got three kids. Um, Zoe is a junior. Y'all stand up. Zoe's a junior at Southern Wesleyan this year, and Isaac is a freshman at SWU, and Gavin is 11. He'll be starting sixth grade, and he'll be going with us to Haiti. And so I um, wanted to share a little bit today. Um, Gold Partners has an emphasis on pray, give, and go. And um, so if you have your Bibles, open it to 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and it's a very short verse. It says, says pray continually. Um, you're going to be praying this week about your faith promise. Um, do that every day, and God will lay on your heart what you're supposed to do. Um, they did a very good job of explaining what... Uh, Faith Promise is all about. Um, we started this journey about two years ago and uh, to become missionaries, and it's just been an amazing uh, uh, journey. God's been very good to us. And so uh, Deanna wants to share a little bit about how we started this whole thing. So my first trip to Haiti was in 2011, and we were down on the shore at Maui, which is where the Wesleyan boat um, loads up to go over to the island of Laganov, where 90% of our Wesleyan mission work is. Um, that's where our Wesleyan hospital is and our nursing school. And so we were, we had a team of about 12. And as we were waiting on our boat to be loaded up, we, um, Dan Irvin was a missionary in Haiti at the time. And he was with our team and he took us over and showed us the shelter, well, it was the shell of a house that had, was overgrown and had never been completed. And he told us that the Wesleyan Church was thinking about buying this property to build a guest house. And so he had us all join hands and we prayed over this property. And um, we prayed that God's will be done there. And so we split up and a friend of mine stayed there and we were walking around and we had the Caribbean Sea out in front of us and the mountains behind us and it was just a beautiful location. And I was joking around and I said, wouldn't it be cool to run a guest house here? So be careful what you wish for, because God will give you the desires of your heart. And Psalms 37, 3 through 5, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. So that fall, the Wesleyan Church bought this land, and they built what is now the Ortlip Ministry Center. It's where ingoing and outgoing teams will stay, and it's also a training center for the Wesleyan Haitian pastors. 
And so two years ago, Dan Irvin was at, our, was at a live Wesleyan, and we were outside talking to him. And he, we were talking about Haiti, and he knows about our love and our heart for Haiti. And he mentioned that there was a need for more missionaries there. And so I was kidding around with him, and I said, well, maybe if you put me at the Ortlip Center, I might go. And he said, funny you should say that. That's where we might need someone. So on the way home from church that day, Dan and I kind of like talked about it, but not serious. And a couple months later, Maya Gilles, who's also a missionary in Haiti, um, emailed Dan and said that she heard that we might be interested in being missionaries to Haiti. And so then we were like, well, maybe this is really... You know, they really want us, and we started seriously praying about it, and we felt like God was telling us, I've shown you the needs in Haiti, and what are you going to do about it? And so we started the application process that fall, and it took about a year, and we were appointed missionaries to Haiti, and then we've been traveling for the last year, and this summer we went to missionary training, and we're commissioned as missionaries to Haiti, and today was our goal to be in a plane on our way to Haiti. But I guess God wanted us to be here speaking to your church today. <laughs> and so we're shooting for next weekend, hopefully. Yeah, there's a, a lot that goes into play in, in our target to get to Haiti. Actually, Global Partners wanted us there in December of this year. Um, and so we wanted to move it up because, Gavin, we wanted the transition in the school to be a little easier. And then also the missionaries that we're going to take their place are starting a new ministry. So there's a little bit of an urgency for us to get there because they're kind of sitting on their hands waiting for us to get there um, to take over the Ortlip Ministry Center. Um, so in 2009, I took my first trip to Haiti. Um, Greg Edmonds invited me on an exploratory trip. We were going to do a little bit of, of uh, construction, but we were going to go and just see what needed to be done there. And... Deanna and I both come from a rich family history of ministry. Her dad was a pastor, um, and mom was very involved in the church. My mom and dad were missionaries and pastors. My grandparents were missionaries to Haiti. And so it runs in the blood. Um, but that was never uh, laid on my heart until later on in life that we were going to follow those same tracks. And so in 2009, I went, and it was hook, line, and sinker. I understood why my parents and my grandparents loved Haiti. Um, it's a beautiful country, beautiful people, but there are many needs. And you're seeing some of the pictures and, uh, of the Haitians and the countryside there in Haiti, and it's a beautiful place. And, and so uh, Greg said, I'm going to take another trip 2010. And I said, well, I came back, and I told Deanna all about it, and she goes, I want to go. So we were both scheduled to go in 2010, and two weeks before our departure was the massive earthquake in Haiti. And so our team changed from a light construction team to a medical team. And um, uh, Deanna was volunteered to step off the team, so she wasn't able to go. Um, but I have a little bit of a background in wound care, so I stayed on the team and was going to be able to change dressings and help do some of the wound care projects that we were going to be seeing there in Haiti after the earthquake. Um, our team flew from uh, Greenville to Santa Domingo, uh, Dominican Republic, because the airport there at Port-au-Prince was closed due to the earthquake. And there was 14 people, uh, all with various medical backgrounds, and um, uh, we had all our supplies, all this luggage, and we come down early in the morning to get on the bus to start our trek from Santa Domingo all the way over to Port-au-Prince. 
and 14 people cramming into about an eight-passenger minivan, and that was not fun. Um, and so it was hot, and there was we were right on top of each other. We crammed all our stuff in, and we started our trek. And the driver turned on the radio, and there was a political question he was asking, and it was just a simple question. He would say, ask the question, and then the callers would call in and say yes or no. And so we heard see or no for about eight hours all across the countryside of Santa Domingo until we got to Port-au-Prince. And so I was tired of hearing that by the time I got there, but little did I know that that was the question, uh, the simple yes or no question that was gonna keep playing out in my mind that week. And so we finally got to our destination and we set up shop and started seeing patients. I was paired with a nurse and a translator and so we had people coming in and um, this little girl, four or five years old, come in. She was wrapped up on her head. And so uh, as we were taking the wrapping off, the dressing off, I asked the translator to ask what had happened. And he said that the little girl had been buried for two days after the earthquake, and they thought she was dead. And so they were coming to dig her out um, to bury her. And as they were doing that, they discovered, or they accidentally hit her in the head with the, the pickaxe. And so she had this wound on her head, and it wasn't as severe as that sounds, being hit in the head with a pickaxe, but um, she was going to survive. Um, and so it was on that trip, in these difficult uh, circumstances, where I really felt like God was saying, you need to do more. And so I rationalized over the next several years that I'm taking these short-term mission trips, Lord. I'm taking teams down there. We're doing good deeds. We're building things. We're educating. We're... Um, bringing medical teams down to meet the needs that are there. Um, but it wasn't until we had that uh, run-in with Dan Irvin, and he uh, said, you know, there is a need. And um, Deanna and I matched that need. And so we, uh, we finally said yes to that simple yes or no, are you going to do more question that God had laid on my heart in 2010. And I'm, not, I'm not any different than any one of you all sitting in the pews, and neither is she. Uh, we're normal people. We had a beautiful home. We have beautiful kids. We had good jobs. Um, but it all come back to God laid something on our hearts, and we listened. Uh, we didn't put it on the back burner, and we said yes. Um, and so part of the pray, give, and go is to, to pray and go and give. And sometimes, you know, not everybody in this room is good going to go on a short-term mission trip or going to become missionaries in Haiti. But you can be a missionary right here in South Carolina to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to your students that you're in class with. Um, and so just keep that in mind. Um, Haiti is a very dark place. Um, you know, they've faced many natural disasters, um, many uh, uh, economic disasters with uh, the economy over there from earthquakes and hurricanes. Um, and so part of the prayer process uh, you'll see uh, on the cards is to pray for us. We're going into a country that is very dark. Um, in the late 1800s, it was dedicated to Satan. Um, and so that's something we have to face every day. Um, Haiti is very evangelized, but there is a portion of, uh, in every religion that still goes back to voodoo. And so we have to deal with that every day um, when we're there in Haiti.
So we believe that God calls missionaries, but churches have to send them. So we've been just praying over this past year and visiting churches and trusting that God will provide, and he has every step of the way. We put our house on the market last October, and it sold in four days. And so we bought a camper, and we've been living the camping life since um, last November. So it's been 11 months in the camper. We just moved out Friday. <laughs> moved in with our friends, and we have the camper up for sale. We'll see what happens with that. But um, a week ago, we were at 85% funding, and today we're at 95%. And so um, I posted something on Facebook to update our status this week and let people know where we are in the process. And Maya Jills commented on, on my status, and she said, Wow, 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 it's so amazing. Just a week ago, I thought it would take your family a miracle to come this month, although I never doubted your faith. It's that faith and the obedience of your partners that brought you to this number. You only need a few partners, and you'll be on that plane. Can't wait to have you. And so it seems like every day when we've woken up this past week, we've had news of an, another church that took us on or this church, y'all raised your support for us this week or somebody else new had joined our team. So it's just been a process of building our faith and um, growth over this past year. And we're really excited. First John 3.17 says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Uh, God is love, and uh, the ultimate goal as Christian is to have an indwelling of God, Jesus, in our lives, and to personify love. Um, and, you know, it's hard for me even just driving down the road sometimes to show love. <laughs> um, and she's, she'll back me up on that. <laughs> I'm a little road rage sometimes. Um, but it's an, our ultimate goal is to show love to everybody we come in contact with. And so part of uh, this whole experience is growing. Uh, I've had to learn to tone down my road rage and uh, to realize that that person in that car that just cut me off or is going really slow in the fast lane, God loves them just as much as he loves me. And so um, it's been a work in process uh, in my life. And again, it goes back, I'm no different than any one of you sitting in this room. Um, and so it's just a process that we go through. Um, there's a quote by Oswald Chamberlain that says, a river touches places its source never knows. So when you guys decide to put down your faith promise number on that card, you might think, oh, it's only $50 or it's only $100 or it's only $20. You don't know what that $20, $50, $100 is going to do down the road for some missionary or some family that the seed has been planted because you gave. So keep that in mind. Uh, it, you don't know what your portion or your faith promise is going to do to help grow the kingdom of God. So go. Uh, we're going to close this on go. Um, Pastor Mike's bringing a team down in just a little bit, a few months. I think you guys rescheduled for March next year. Go. Go on a short-term mission trip. It doesn't have to be to Haiti, but we would love to host you guys down there. Um, but go someplace. Uh, get outside of Pickens County, Greenville County, and see what else is out there. God uh, will change your heart when you get on a mission field. Um, and it definitely did ours. Um, it softened our hearts to what the needs are outside of our comfort zone. And uh, our daughter shared with us something she learned at RA training this year. She said, you don't grow unless you get outside of your comfort zone. And going to Haiti, 
and living. Yeah, there's a beautiful Caribbean sea there. There's no hot water. There's no air conditioning. Um, there's no American food. Um, so we're going to get outside of our comfort zone. But you know what? We're going to be stretched, and we're, Lord willing, we're going to grow in, in our faith by being there. And so go on a mission trip. Um, every opportunity the church puts out there, jump on a team and see what else is out there. And so anyways, we'd like to pass this back off to Pastor Mike. Thank you for allowing us to share today. Um, we are so excited about where we are and where we're going. And we're, as we said, we're very close to getting there. And Lord willing, we'll be in Haiti next weekend. It is a blessing for us to be a part of this process with them. And one of the things I really would like for us to do is to be able to pray uh, over them. And uh, actually, I might ask my wife first of all, because she has been in charge of this weekend. One of our goals uh, for this weekend is over the past, and I'm very grateful for the way we've done stuff in the past. I think many times a missions conference weekend has been informational. And we do want this to be informational, but more than that, we also want it to be inspirational. We want people to realize that God is still calling people, and he is still sending people, and we have the opportunity today to actually send out. So, Linda, do you have someone you want specifically to pray over them? Lisa. Lee. Where is Pastor Lee? Would you come up? And uh, we're going to have a special time of prayer specifically for the Stanley family. I'm going to ask... I know your kids will probably be embarrassed because I'm asking them to do this, but would they be willing to come up as well just so we can pray over all of you guys? All right, we'll do it down there then. So uh, actually, you can leave this here. Actually, I'm going to ask if others would like to come and lay hands on them if you would like to come and do so at this time. Father, what a privilege it is to be able to pray over our brother and sisters. Um, we're just so grateful for the opportunity that you are giving them to go and to answer the call. We thank you for the boldness that they have already demonstrated. Being willing to sell their home, being willing to prepare their family for being apart. Um, Father, we just thank you for their obedience to you. And I pray for continued boldness as, Father, they go and serve you in a, a different part of this world. And Father, I pray that uh, your spirit would just go before them and give them great um, courage as they share your gospel. I pray that you will prepare hearts for the effectiveness of, of ministry there. Father, your word says in John 15 that as we abide in you, you are with us. That apart from you, we can't do anything. But that, Father, in you, nothing is impossible. We can bear much fruit. So, Father, I pray for much fruit. I pray, Father, that souls would be redeemed for eternity because of the work that Deanna and Daniel and Gavin do in Haiti. Father, I pray that your spirit would just protect them. I pray for protection over their family, for travel, um, for health. I pray, Father, for um, Zoe and for Isaac as they are here. 
and their family will not be just around the corner as they have been um, up until this point. I pray, Father, for um, refreshment also. I know as they go to a, a foreign land um, that it will be very trying. It will be exhausting. I pray, Father, for um, the people who will be there as part of their network to just refresh their hearts and encourage them. Father, we thank you that they are not going to a place where you're not already there. There's nowhere that we can go where you're not already there. We thank you for that. We pray your power, your anointing, your blessing, your protection over them. We thank you, Father, for the example that they are and being willing to hear your voice and say, here am I, send me. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to partner with them. And we do commit to continue to remember them in prayer, to partner with them in that way, as well as financially. Father, what a privilege it is to be a part of your bride. We love you. We praise you. We give you the glory. And for the meal that we're going to eat in just a few moments, we ask your blessing upon that as well. And thank you for all the hands that have been involved in preparing it. Um, we give you the honor and glory. We thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.